Ten Vision. It's 1998, I believe. You just get to LA. 97. Yeah. 97. End of 97. Yeah. Okay. In that time frame, late 90s. What are you thinking as you as you enter LA? What's going through your mind? Uh. I, it just felt like a victory, you know. It was like that's that's a W. It just felt like I'd already won. Like just getting out of like where I grew up, which was you know pre like I was on the internet, but there wasn't that many people on the internet. You know, it's like pre everyone being on the internet. So yeah. culture, it was kind of culturally devo- devoid of at least like underground culture. You know, and like where are we talking about? Pacific Northwest, like yeah. Idaho and Washington State and all that. Like I I, I was born in Spokane, Washington. Yeah. Went to high school in Moscow, Idaho. Which is a college town, so there, there's a little bit of outside influence, you yeah. know, which was crucial, but it was like a trickle, you know? Yeah. So to me, California was just like where everything was, you know, skateboarding, punk rock, music, you know, it just seemed like movies, like everything that I was into, that was here. Plus, I'd spent a lot of summers, like my best friend, uh, I've known him since I was like seven. He grew up in uh, Sacramento, so I'd always come down there and come down to L.A. in the summers. So mm-hmm. I had like a taste of it, you know? Yeah. So just moving here was like, all right, I got, I got out kind of thing, you know? So the second, did you drive here? Did you take a bus? Uh, I flew you, down. You yeah. flew down. Yeah. So the second you get off the plane, you feel like, oh, I've already won. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just, it just felt like that, that was it. You know, I, th- there was, that was the extent of the plan too. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like, I'm going to move there and like get famous. It was like, I'm going to move there and that's going to be it. So how old are you approximately? Uh, 17. 17. And, um, when did buddy head start like when did you get the initial like the seed planted for that like uh, like maybe six months later like 98 like i don't remember like what month it was but basically when i got to la i started working at like a skateboard shop and this is in the valley like i moved to tarzana Mm -hmm. and uh i remember i called like the dudes in the acre sign and I was like, I, you know, I moved to LA and I was like all excited. And they're like, you don't live in LA. You, you live in the Valley, dude. So I was like, so I lived there for like six months and I worked at the skateboard shop. And then on the way down on the plane ride, I'd met this, uh, this dude, Bill Polina, who ran like a production company and he was just sitting next to me, Yeah, you know? And I was like, I'm moving to LA, all this stuff. And he offered me a job and, uh, he was in Hollywood. So I, you know, finally rang him and was like, I need a job. So I moved to Hollywood and I started working from him and he just like, I would just like run tapes for him. Like it was like an editing suite and they did like post-production for like ESPN and like different commercials. So how did you know how to do that? Cause you're pretty I young. Didn't. I was time. just like yeah. running tapes. Like I was just like, like go get this. Like I was just okay. like a runner. Gotcha. And then gotcha. like I would digitize tapes and like I taught myself how to, uh, edit cause I did skateboard videos when I was like a teenager. So I had like limited knowledge, but it was all self-taught. Mm-hmm. So I would like put the tapes in the computer, like just digitize them, push record. They would go on the computer, stuff like that, you know? And then after a few months of that, I had started Buddyhead just cause I'd been taking photos and I couldn't uh, afford a por- portfolio. So I just made a website cause I knew how to do that. And then the Icarus line went on their first tour about the same time and they interviewed Ink and Dagger. And so I just threw it up on the website yeah. and it kind of became like this zine. And Bill saw that the dude I was working for and, uh, everything cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I'm going to check it periodically because I'm neurotic. Sorry. No, that's good. That's great. Um, sorry. Um, and then Bill saw kind of what we were up to. Yeah. And, uh, he was like, you should just do that. You know, I think he saw dollar signs and just like, you know, he, he actually like believed in what we were doing though too. You know, it was like the, the first dot com boom. So this is like 98, you know, 
99. So he's, he basically just like put us on payroll and we started doing that. So he hired Joe to do like ads and like, I don't think Joe ever sold an ad. Like, like he was just getting cold like, calling or something to sell ads. Yeah. I mean, that was his like, title. Yeah. 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 You know, like, like all, everyone got kind of put on at first, you know, we had like an office in the CNN building and, and that's kind of like what we did. And he would like, we'd be like, we need to go to South by Southwest and he'd fly us out or whatever, you know? So that was kind of like the beginning of, of all of that. Taking one, a uh, couple steps back. So how did you meet Joe and the Icarus line and how did oh, okay, that so relationship start? In, where I grew up, there was like barely any punk scene. There was like an independent record store. And the dude that worked there was like the singer of this band Jetpack. And they were mm-hmm. all my friends. And that was kind of like, I mean, there was like two other punk bands, right? But he was really like, uh, what's the word? He was always bringing in towns from, or sorry, he was already always bringing in bands from out of town. Yeah. And like, um, that's how I met them. Um, they came through, played with Jetpack. They were awful, broke like every string, like everyone was in a bad mood, you know, but I thought they were, I was just like, wow, these guys are from LA and right. they're on, uh, they were on recess records at the time because yeah. they were the canker sores uh-huh. and they had a seven inch, which was FYP's label, which to me at like 16 was like everything. So I just told him I was moving to LA and we traded addresses. And then when I moved here, I like had to look him up in the phone book, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, they live on that oh, street. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Called him. And then like the second night I was here, they took me to see, uh, this show Joe promoted in, um, Pomona at a record store that he worked at. And it was like at the drive-in carp and canker sores. Wow. And there was like nine people there. And that was Damn. like kind of my introduction. But then like the next night, you know, it was probably some other show. Like they used to promote big shows, small shows, like shows they wouldn't even play. So it was like kind of every night was something with those dudes. And it was like, I was just kind of thrown into the mix. Like they were, you know, promoting shows, printing flyers, handing out flyers, you know, all this different shit. And it was all, you know, putting out their own records and booking their own tours. Joe worked at like a couple labels, like revelation. And that's how he booked all his tours was just on their phone line. Cause this is like before cell phones. Right. And it was all long distance and shit like that. So, it was cool because they were like kids, but they were like, they just showed me what was possible kind of, you know, like I was already kind of doing a lot of that stuff, but meeting them was like, oh man, they're doing all this other shit too. Yeah. Like I'd made skateboard videos and zines and taking photos and all that stuff and made websites, but right. they were doing all this other shit where it was like, damn, these guys are actually like booking all these bands and like, you know, paying AFI at the end of the night or whatever, you know, they were doing all types of shows. So it was inspiring. Yeah, very entrepreneurial and very driven for such a young age. I mean, they were on know? break from high school when I met yeah. them. Like, they had a break from high school and they went on tour. Damn. You know, like, just them in a van. And I was just like, who are these dudes? You know? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I became friends with them. <laughs> um, so you, you get here and you have the idea. You already have some interest uh, for the website. And that's also very forward thinking at that time, too, because this is like the late 90s, the internet isn't really as um, ubiquitous as it is today. It isn't everywhere like it is today. Um, so, th- and you already knew how to design websites at that time. Like that seems like such an early stage of yeah. The I, internet. I designed them for a lo- uh, like a long time of that since I was Damn. like fourteen. Wow, online. Wow. So I just kind of taught myself HTML. Yeah, yeah. I was, it was never, like code that great, and shit. but I could yeah. do all the basic shit. You know, much di- much more difficult than it is today with like Squarespace and shit yeah, like that. I mean, everything's more difficult. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) You know, like printing books, t-shirts, all of that. It's, it's, I mean, just all these tools, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you have the idea, did you have any like concept of what you wanted your site to be at that time? Um, no, there was like no 
plan whatsoever. Like it was just supposed to be a site for my photography. And then it just, it just kind of happened. It just kind of developed. Like we were, it was just the world we came from. Like there was never like a big plan. Like this is gonna be this, you know, it was just, we put out zines and put out records and it was just kind of the next step. Like I knew how to, I'd made websites for my skateboard videos as a Mm -hmm. teenager and kind of sold them over mail order and stuff like that. So it, it just made sense. But I don't think I, I don't think we ever thought anyone aside from like our friends or our friends' friends would ever see it. It's a very punk and ballsy site, and uh, it drew a lot of attention. and And um, there was uh, incidents that spurred from it. I mean, the talking shit element of the site, where that that just kind of started, where you didn't think anyone would actually see it or wouldn't. I mean, catch we catch were, on we were like stoked it did. they did but yeah, yeah. we were always like surprised people cared about what we thought yeah you know because we were always like the youngest kids like in the punk scene you know yeah. like, all the bands we toured with were you know older than us so we we were always kind of looked at as like kids yeah, Do yeah. You know what i mean like yeah, even yeah. The, like people that were our peers so it was always interesting to us that people cared i guess but exciting um, I don't do you, know if I answered that correctly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember some of the first of the articles? The, the, these had no bylines, right? That's it's really one of hard the... for me to like kind of trace back. I, I got to do that sooner than later. But it was like a bunch of interviews. And then like I feel like one of the first popular articles was like the Rules of Rock, if I'm not mistaken. Or we did. We had some like letters to the editors that were kind of popular. Like kids would like write us letters and shit like that. That's cool. And like we would respond to them. And I think rules of rock where it was like we did a list of things not to do and then rules of being in a band, rules of the audience, you know, like don't wear the band's T-shirt to the show, stuff like that. Right. Those right. are some of the early ones, I think. Um, today, maybe don't you don't videotape the whole concert with your cell phone. Yeah, I guess one? I'd have to update it. <laughs> <laughs> do you have those archived anywhere? Yeah, like, I do. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to do like a book. I just haven't had had time i've been doing so much old shit that i've yeah. been trying to balance it out with new stuff too so by the end of the year though that's kind of the goal is to do like a buddy head book that's cool kind of like a archive of the site but also has some stuff people hasn't haven't seen and kind of explains the story a yeah. bit so like if someone that wasn't alive then you know picked it up they could like understand what what the site was and kind of like what it meant to people and and just like just break it down, I guess. You was know? there like a mission statement that you had for the site or something that kind of really summed it up in like a sentence or two? Not really. No. Uh, we were just trying to entertain ourselves and like make our friends laugh and, you know, shine light on things that we didn't think were getting attention at the time, you know, yeah. which was like everybody around us. All you know? the, the it local It just started music. with like the punk scene, you know, it was like, we were just like psyched on what we were doing and, you know, thought all these records our friends were putting out were dope. Um, so there was litigation that was involved and there's some infamous, infamous, uh, incidents. Um, and I, I know you've talked about them in the past, but um, if it's all right, if we could yeah. maybe roll through some of them. Um, so you interviewed Fred Durst, <laughs> right? Doc, come on. Sorry. Um, Fred Durst. Yeah. Uh, so you interviewed him. You I've went never to, interviewed him. You never I've interviewed him. Like, I've never even met him Doc. actually. You never met him in person. I've only been around him once. Like, I've never met him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the story of Fred Durst is uh, we went to Interscope to, like, uh, I think, like, talk about, like, them advertising on Buddyhead. Like, yeah. we were just over talking to some, like, label guy. Um, and uh, after the meeting, he was like, do you, you want to go in Fred Durst's office? He's, like, out of town. Check and it out. we were like, 
sure and we went over and his secretary like opened the door and like shut it behind us and we were just like in his office right and we were like this is this is bizarre and so we opened all the cupboards and he had like basically like 400 like red hats in this right. closet this is like inspector like, gadgets closet with all the yeah i guess to gray like, trench you know, coats. give people kids when they come <laughs> yeah, over yeah 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 and then you know he had a bunch of gold limp biscuit records so we put them on and took photos and then we shoved like three of them down our pants and rolled out and then like the next day we we said we broke into his office just because it sounded cooler right right and then uh we put them up on ebay and and sold them and like it was like right after woodstock 99 i think yeah where all those people got raped girls yeah got raped. yeah yeah and so we donated all the money to rape charity and um and then after that he basically came out and like all the british rock press like Kerrang and enemy and said he was gonna like hire people to kick our ass and all this stuff so that shit. that was kind of like the thing that that started it i mean we talked shit before i think yeah yeah but that was kind of like the big one where he like responded and it was like fuck maybe we are gonna get our asses kicked you know? right was the idea at that time like we need to do more of this kind of shit to generate oh, it was never like a yeah, like yeah a it was plan, never premeditated it wasn't, it wasn't like we ever expected it to go viral you know it was like it's kind of like i mean things went viral then but that wasn't really ever like the point of things we were doing i guess yeah but it was kind of a double-edged sword in a way because the 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 controversy sparked the popularity of the site and put it sort of on a national stage. Um, it's exactly. hard for me to remember the timeline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think people were already kind of looking at our site at that point, but it definitely helped people. People thought that was funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what about some of the other, like Axl Rose? Um, what was the deal there? I don't know the whole story with Axl Rose. Uh, I mean, we we used to have an Axl Rose rating system. <laughs> uh, so like every record we reviewed would get one of like six Axls, you know, and they would they all had descriptions. Right, right. That was kind of like okay. the grading system. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the Axl story. Uh, but that sparked the did that spark a lawsuit? Oh no, we later on we did. Uh, I think we have a couple with him but the one i can remember that i've seen is uh we did a video like right before chinese democracy came out and like all the tracks leaked yeah and my friend uh who was a rapper on grand royal got it and just did this like rap about guns and roses over it and like sent it to me and i was like this is amazing <laughs> it was like one of the best it's still like one of the best things we've ever done yeah like, it's on vimeo you can find it it's called axel R or buddy head rapper number one if you just google that you can find it it's and then my friend meathead he just put he took all because i had like this folder of like obviously like five thousand axel rose photos so i gave it to him and he made this like really bad iMovie slideshow and so we put that video up <laughs> And because it had the unreleased Chinese Democracy song, yeah. I guess it like hit their radar. But it was like my friend rapping over it, right? You know? And then at the end, it said like, "If you're gonna sue anyone, sue Travis." Like that's what he oh, raps. <laughs> and and we got like a legal letter that like quoted his rap, and we were like, "Yeah, Axel saw it," you know. But yeah, he it was just a cease and desist. But you had someone on your side handling the litigation, so it was I mean, like, we had a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this guy Brian Christner. He's he used to be in this hardcore band called Shelter. And cool. I think so I was his back. first client. Yeah. So, yeah, just I think he got a lot of work just from dealing with all these lawsuits. <laughs> you know, I think we were a hassle to deal with. But, you know, I think um, he like people realize he was a great lawyer, you know, it must have kept things exciting. Yeah, it was it was funny. Um, and uh, so Aaron, Aaron North, uh, he was a big 
contributor at that time? Yeah, he was there. Uh, he was there. He also played guitar on the Acres line. Yeah, and Nine Inch Nails for a time. And Nine Inch Nails later on. Yeah. Um, and you had a, a, a was he a co-founder in the beginning? Uh, I started it. He came in like maybe. I mean, he did one of the first interviews, so he was kind of in and out. But in the in the early years, he was on tour a lot of those times, and this is before like cell phone and all that. So probably took about a year, but. He came in pretty early, and then I, you know we kind of ran the label together. Like he signed some of the bands, like yeah. Enemy's Friends, and and all those. So yeah, for a few years he did, and then after Nine Inch Nails, he we we had a falling out, and he quit music, and you know kind of fell off the radar. It seems. Yeah, it did yeah. the spin spin interview if you've seen that? Yeah, I read some of the a lot yeah, of things, yeah. but I haven't talked to him since before that article, so I don't really have any news on him or, or yeah any of that. update. Yeah, but yeah, he was a big part of it. Um, uh, you know, like, like kind of like all of us were, it was yeah. like, it was very like a gang mentality. Aaron was more hands-on with like the label and definitely wrote a lot. Like we wrote the gossips together and he would interview bands and, you know, he was like a, he was a big part of it. Yeah. Um, what was the decision to, to kind of fade out the website? Uh, I don't know. It just, it just got to the point where it was like, what I should have quit this like years ago. Yeah. I don't know. Like it really helped me. Like I, I had like a, I had a drug problem and I got, I went to jail and, and kind of like getting off that shit yeah. and kind of getting shit straight. It really gave me something to do. It wasn't like an outlet or something to focus attention on creative. It was, it's almost like how they give like, you know, people in the loony bin, like, you know, stuff to knit. You know, sure. No one yeah. was really reading it anymore. But yeah. It was really good. And I feel like I still did some good stuff. Like I did a podcast where I interviewed Henry Rollins and Sweet. all that stuff. But yeah. it kind of just got to the point where it was like, no one's really looking at websites. And yeah. I don't know. I've already done this. And I just didn't feel like I was going to do it any better than I did. You know? So it kind of reached its peak. And yeah. Just, and then stuff with Joe started doing the, you know, the Ickerson Must Die happened. And, and yeah. you know, I helped him write some of the dialogue for that where I was still up north. And then when I came back, it was like the premiere of it. And it was like, damn, this movie's like, it came out beautiful. It's pretty beautifully good. Shot. Like, I just yeah. thought it was going to suck. Yeah. It was, it was like, some guy's making a movie about Joe. <laughs> damn. <laughs> you know, but it was actually like inspiring. Like, it, it, it kind of sparked something in us where we kind of realized that you know other things were possible yeah you know what i mean and so and at that time joe had gotten some cameras and was kind of fucking with some videos of his own like we'd all shot videos before but he got some like sick cameras yeah and we just started like learning and our friend jacob came into the mix and yeah and you know i'd stop buddyhead like probably like right right before i got back to la or right when i got back to la i don't remember but um yeah american primitive we kind of kicked in like maybe like a year after that you know, but it just felt like what was supposed to happen. Like, honestly, I was like, I could have stopped this site like three years ago. You just, just said kinda, it was a no natural was time watching, really. to. No one was. No one was reading it. You know. But it gave birth to, in a way, American Primitive, which is a collaboration. Between, I mean, kind of. Yeah. But like, it's just we're still just doing the same shit. Yeah, yeah. We're still just friends hanging out. Yeah, like, yeah. Doing what we want to do. You know, Joe's still making records. I'm still taking photos. Yeah. Um sure we'll do interviews all that stuff it's just times of change and we're trying to evolve with it and right now the focus is definitely like on film yeah you just did the mark lanigan video which was awesome yeah. thanks yeah man. yeah uh revive the jimmy the cab driver yeah uh, character and he dri- updated to the 21st century drives an uber yeah yeah uh, yeah it was like a childhood hero of mine so yeah it was pretty cool you know yeah, uh, Joe went to like a dinner at Mark Lanigan's house that uh, his brother Sean cooked for, and it was like Donnell and Mark and 
he was like, I'm Jimmy the cab driver's here. And then he just like, he was like, we got to do this video, guys. And they were like super into it. And we did it. And it was kind of like the first thing we've done all together as American Primitive that was like uh, for someone outside of our crew, you know, it yeah. wasn't like a Joe song or, yeah. you know, all this different stuff. So it was exciting that, you know, we delivered to his label and all that. And it was, it was a fucking blast, man. Yeah. It was great. Um, I, and I think I read that that was one of the first videos that he appeared in uh, yeah. for a long like time. Like 15 years, I yeah. think he said. Yeah, cause he, I guess he's not a fan of doing doing he the videos. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it seemed like he... He's awesome. Everyone had a blast on that he's set. He's kind of like that with everything. Like, I shot his photos and he was like, let's get this done as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. You know? He yeah. just wanted to shit and sit and talk shit. You know, he hates all that shit. Yeah, but the, the song is great and the video came out awesome. Thanks, yeah, and... <laughs> um, that it's hilarious too the dialogue from uh jimmy the cab driver that yeah it's um we we have hours of that yeah we just like drove around and just got him to freestyle <laughs> he was, just does everything off the cuff and yeah 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 he just like he just knew what he was talking about or didn't <laughs> um and you're also so photography that's always played a big role in your life you were a freelance photographer for uh, yeah, still do that. Still, still am. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's. I've just kind of always documented what's around me uh, from the time I was like a starting to skateboard, just because that was part of the culture. Like, yeah. You documented stuff to you know to prove you got tricks, and I got a video camera early, and and uh, soon after got a still camera. It's still the same camera I use. Um, and uh, yeah, I've just kind of always documented what's around me, though. It's never been like uh, my main my main focus. Right. And then in the last few years, I kind of just realized how much shit I have mm. and I hadn't really looked at a lot of it. And I was like, damn, some of these are like pretty cool. And like, it kind of just like reminded me of where I've been. And, and it was, it was good for me to kind of go. Cause I basically for the last 20 years just took negatives and like threw them in this box. Yeah. And so like, they were just like totally disorganized and like, I didn't know really what I had. So I just started going through it and scanning it and kind of organizing it and just being like, okay, cool. This is this and this is this. And, uh, made a couple zines and, and it was, it was, it was a really good experience, man. It was, uh, it that's was your past of, lives collection, past lives, yeah. which was all the old stuff. Um, kind of like 98 to like 2007, eight, something like that. First, like 10 years I was in LA. And then uh, I did one after that called Stay Alive, which is from the last three years, which was like an interview with Joe, interview with Problemas, Annie Hardy wrote a thing, and then just like photos of the last few years, kind of like a lot of American primitive stuff. Um, how yeah, It's always been like freelance though. Yeah. You just always had an eye for it like just it's not even a, a premeditated thing you just it was always like, yeah. like kind of what i did you know yeah. i was busy running the label or buddy yeah. head or on tour with people but i always had a camera i'm kind of because it's like a defense mechanism you know it's like i'm kind of shy so it's like it always gave me something to do you know you don't really have to talk to people when you're taking photos true um how has the technology changed man like because you're saying you had negatives and now things are so much different with count. You could take pictures with your phone. So you have these all documented, documented on like memory cards and fucking, I mean, I have all, sorts I have of all the negatives. Um, I still, you develop, I still you shoot like your film. Own? I don't develop yeah, them yeah. just cause it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's chemicals. Be, I mean, sure. I'd love to have a black and white lab, but color is like almost impossible to do yourself. Yeah. But yeah, I take them in to get developed, but, uh, I lost my train of thought. What was the question? Yeah, I was just asking because, like, I have a camera from, like, 2008, and it's so, like... Yeah. At, like, 
primitive now compared to what they have available now. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I mean, it's a different film still. I mean, I shoot anything. Like I shoot photos on my, there's photos in my zine that are kind of whatever I have access to. Like I use our Lumix GH5, which mm-hmm. is a video digital still camera. I shoot on my iPhone, but my main camera is still film. I shoot a Canon A1 from 1980 and it's like, it's a tank. I think it's like the best camera I've ever shot. It's still my favorite. I take the best photos with it, you know? Do you like using vintage cameras? I do. I like the lenses a lot. And uh, yeah, I just like the feel of them. They're heavy. Mm. They're metal. Mm. Is it hard to translate that into a digital I don't think so. I think it looks different because everyone's taking photos with the same shit. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like my shit. It always looks the same. Um, Past lives. What, what? Who's I, there's a ton of people, Karen. Oh, there's photos of oh, yeah. It's uh, kind of like Keith the basis Morris. of past lives is just kind of like me and the Icarus line, like that's yeah. the thread, like all that Traveling. shit happened because of them, you know. It was like, uh, from like the early bands we played with, like Treadwell and At the Drive In and Murder City Devils and Ink and Dagger, uh, FYP to like uh, later on where it's like uh, fucking like Harmar and uh. Yeah, yeah, yeahs, and later on, like Nine Inch Nails, because Aaron yeah. ended up in Nine Inch Nails. And there's like a lot of bands we would see at festivals, but it's all kind of like the thread is like just kind of like what we were around, really. So uh, you were touring with Nine Inch Nails. That was like 2005. Yeah, like for three years, I did that. For three years, you I mean, on and them? off, not yeah. like every show. Yeah, 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 most of them. And um, one photo that stuck out is. Uh, picture of trent reznor with a big black dildo yeah that's a that's a favorite yeah it's uh, was available as a t-shirt i don't know if it still is uh i don't think so no. anymore <laughs> i think it sold out um, um yeah that's a that's a favorite for sure uh it was his birthday and uh i think we were in philadelphia at the electric factory and uh you know what do you what do you get a guy that has everything got him a big black dildo <laughs> and uh he, he has to take the photo and the rest is history. The rest is history, yeah. Yeah, he thought it was funny. <laughs> um, but you got a lot of other great... Uh, Queens of the Stone Age opened on that tour, too? Yeah, yeah, they played on that yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the... the um, you, you call it, it's, it... But it's a hard copy book, right? The uh, Yeah, it's like a hard magazine. Yeah, yeah, a lot of cool photos in there. Yeah, it's like 112 pages. It's it's sizable. Damn. How did you go through all your... your um, vault of photographs to pick those i've just been doing it that's kind of like what instagram has been for me yeah it's like i just do a few rolls a day and then pick out the ones i like and try to write like a little story about them but i've just been doing it for the last few years just slugging away at it you know and then even since past lives because i'm going to do some other things that are old stuff like probably do another edition and then talking about doing a buddy head book with someone cool so yeah just kind of getting seeing what i got i'm still like haven't made my way all the way through it it's like it's a lot of shit yeah instagram has that been a great tool for you as a visual yeah tool? you know like when i got back to la my girlfriend ollie was like you got to get on there and i was like i hate that shit and like i just <laughs> i did not i I'm like not resisted and yeah. it like took her a while to get me on there and yeah. then but it and seems I like a perfect medium like yeah for what you. works for me though it took me a while like for a while i just like just didn't like it but uh it's been cool because i've been reconnecting with people that liked buddy head and that excuse me that uh you know that like it impacted their lives and just kind of like reconnecting with people, you know, and back in the buddy head days, I really didn't, uh, engage with fans that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like things just took a lot longer to do. Um, I don't know, but I just didn't do it. So that's been kind of cool. Like connecting with people and just being like, 
you know, where they're from. Like, I'm from Argentina. It's like, yeah. that's crazy that you've heard of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even going to Mexico City this past year with Joe, like, realizing that there was people down there because the Acrosan had never played Mexico City. Yeah. And that was wild, you know, like, whoa, crazy, you know? But yeah, I think I've kind of found what works for me and it's kind of fun and it's it's easy and uh yeah it kind of allows me to to do what i want you had mentioned your girlfriend ollie ollie problemis is yeah. her performing name her song psycho is very catchy thanks man. yeah we, yeah we've been cutting the video for the the new video we did like a lyric video that's yeah. out but we this last two weekends ago the video is awesome too by the way thanks man yeah yeah did, did you we did that a while edit ago? that uh, she edited most of it. Oh, actually. wow. I shot all the footage for it, but yeah. she, she did most of it herself. And then I think Jacob did the, the lyrics with the bouncing beetle head juice yeah. head, you know, beetle juice head. Yeah. I yeah. Backwards. <laughs> I, I know what you meant though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but we just shot the, the real video for it. Um, it's like a pool party vibe and it's, it's going to be sick. I'm pretty proud of it. That's kind of what we're working on right now. Do you like collaborating together? Is that? Yeah, this is, is uh, I guess this is the third one we've done, but kind of like the first like real video. The first one was just stuff we had, like we pulled some drone footage I shot. And yeah. Just different memes off the internet. And then the second one was just me and her and we shot it with the drone. And then this one was cool because it was like Jacob shot it and um, we went up to Woodland Hills and it was like a pool party and a bunch of her friends showed up. Cool. And it was fun, man. They had a Corvette. Sweet. We were ripping around. They rode ATVs. <laughs> Nice. Sounds like a good time. It was fun. It was a fun weekend. Is it hard flying the drone? Is Do you need like a license for that or some shit? Yeah. I mean, it is hard. I, I crashed it actually yeah. last weekend. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we're getting, we got a new one. It's coming. It's back I've crashed in, three of them. Yeah. Back in operation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's not hard. It's kind of like, uh, you know, what's funny is it's, it's almost the same controls as like flying a helicopter in GTA. Yeah. You know, the video game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I'm good at it. <laughs> Just apply those skills to the, yeah. the drone and you're good. embarrassing to admit. <laughs> um, do you like being like the person behind the camera? You know what I'm saying? Because usually the person behind the camera is not the one in the photo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you? Do you um, uh, yeah, I prefer it. That's yeah. kind of always where I've been. Yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I like taking photos and... Um, I guess I'm more comfortable on that side of the, the camera for sure. And always, um, like I know you, you the palm trees seem to be a, a theme. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just like Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. I, li I like what they represent and, uh, yeah, I love living in California. Definitely, man. Um, obviously music. So teen Vogue, you took some photos of, <laughs> I saw Mandy Moore. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Her that first, was like a early, uh, I was like experimenting with ways to make money when I got here. Yeah, man. I, I took a gig, you know, I shot for like a bunch of like weird, small, like Silver Lake magazines yeah, back in yeah. the nineties. And one of them turned me on to them and I did that one gig. It's so, yeah. uh, Mike D too. Did you, uh, that was just cause my friend Ian Rogers was like, but like I was doing stuff for Grand Royal. Like That's cool. For the, they, they did like a, right before they went bankrupt, they were going to do like a book that was like a anthology. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like piecing all that together for him. And I got Vincent Gallo to redo his interview and all that stuff. So I was just kind of around and I was like, I need to interview Mike and my friend Ian hooked it up. So I went over to his house and interviewed him and we shot photos and uh, he gave me a country mic record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've heard that record i think it's on which i wish i yeah. still had because i could sell it for a lot of money <laughs> uh yeah the, the the photo the cover is him like dressed in a yeah like a cowboy or some shit and yeah. right yeah yeah He's like <laughs> with the banjo or whatever yeah it's pretty bad though <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny though what type of music do you dig when you're 
are you uh you collect vinyl or are you into um, that kind of shit yeah i mean i lost my vinyl collection a few years ago in a fire oh, but I, i've been um ollie has a bunch of vinyl and i've yeah. been slowly kind of rebuilding like just from like gifts and stuff where i was like i'm not getting vinyl anymore but people kept giving it to me so i guess i am um but yeah i, I like uh i don't know i listen to a lot of like contemporary hip-hop i like old reggae i like everything really as long as it's good you know yeah kind of depends on like what i'm in the mood for though yeah lately a lot of reggae from like the 60s and stuff like that cool um and do you think it's true that the most innovative things that are happening nowadays are in hip-hop or is uh, innovative I think, things I th- happening in i mean i've always like progressive music that like kind of pushes the envelope and yeah i think a lot of the like pop hip-hop is pretty fucking weird yeah yeah yeah, yeah i do i think uh i think that's probably like as far as like popular contemporary music yeah that's kind of like what's pushing the envelope that i like um to go back in time a little bit can we talk about the strokes bus yeah incident uh what was the circumstances surrounding um okay how much we were on tour with uh caven the icarus line was on tour with caven and uh we got to like north carolina i think it was and right before the show they were like we're not playing we're playing across the town with the strokes and we're like all right and then i think like seven people showed up and we were just like (laughs) so lame you know so we walked over to the other show and like it was crazy like the strokes bus was just parked out front and we like walked in and we like watched a couple songs and i mean they might have been good i don't know we were just like they were like the same age as us yeah yeah. like fuck these guys (laughs) you know what i mean i don't know like just like they were on the cover of every fashion magazine yeah, like yeah, before yeah. they had a record you know it was yeah. just the time right and so we walked outside and joe spray painted dicks and i spray painted <laughs> sucking and then we videotaped it and took photos and then crazy part is like after that the next day i think i flew to new york i was because i would do that a lot i'd be like because i don't have any responsibilities i would just leave and go to somewhere else like yeah. i went to hang out with gideon yego the guy from mtv news yeah. in new york no shit. and the next night we went out to this bar called 2A, I think is what it's called, or A2, 2A, I think. Okay. It's on 2nd and A in New York. Yeah, yeah. And the Strokes were there, and they like, oh, they were friends with him, and they like bought us drinks like all night. Oh, and then, wow. And like, two days later, the thing came out and spin, and it was like, I think the Icarus line took credit for it there in the beginning, though. And yeah. All the articles in the beginning was like, we just put the Icarus line because it was like easier, you know what I mean? We were just trying to get people to write about that one. So what was the outcome? Like, were they pissed? Did they no, call? No, no one ever they- said anything. No, we, was, no, we always thought we were going to get like a bill and nothing happened. That was it. We, really? Like a bunch of magazines wrote about it and then the strokes never commented. No shit. Yeah. And it just kind of yeah, it just went away. Just kept rolling. <laughs> did, when you were at the bar drinking with them, did you say anything? Like, I don't remember. I don't yeah, think yeah, so. I yeah, think yeah, we were yeah. just like, this is fucking busy. Because I told Gideon, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Two nights ago, we, you know, I think he was like, sure he did or whatever, you know? I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think we said anything. Yeah. It was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, but it's a story that lives on in Yeah, I mean, I've run into them a few times since then, and they've always been real nice. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not close to them, but I I met them in London once, and we went out last one night, and they were were nice guys, you know? All right. All right, no grudges there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't think they give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Through the strokes, man. Did, uh, were you attacked at some point for things that were in Buddyhead? Did someone... Uh, yeah, a few of us got punched. Like, uh, Aaron Farley got punched, this dude that used to work for the site. And uh, they thought he was Aaron North. And they punched him. And then a couple weeks later, they punched me. 
who, who is the, i'm sorry who uh, is the there? dude uh, this dude from the transplants this dude's oh. skinhead rob okay yeah uh he sounds like a bad dude skinhead rob i mean you know yeah i'm not trying to get punched again yeah but, you know <laughs> we're cool now yeah yeah that's good that's good um so did you have to like watch your back at that time like uh yeah for the shit that, that whole era out? we were there was like times where we were a little paranoid but nothing really ever happened aside from that you know like fred durst said he was going to hire people to beat us up and you know there was definitely like a, cu- a couple months there where we were we were tripping on should we go to that you know there might yeah. be dudes there i just kind of stopped going to hardcore shows though really yeah yeah <laughs> did it um did that but it didn't deter the content on the site you weren't like oh shit like no it just made us yeah. feel like we were right it's like yeah of course you'd beat us up like yeah exactly yeah this what we said you are struck a chord like obviously you're a meathead yeah but yeah i mean yeah even when he punched me i was like i'm not gonna fight you dude like you're obviously gonna win dude you're like huge. yeah um but it yeah it's still i mean pretty badass that you you kept up at the same pace and uh you know you were you, your words were i guess fought for themselves you know what i'm saying like that that was more powerful i guess those stand the test of time yeah yeah um and also some of the prank phone calls on the buddy head um compilations yeah uh so were were you into prank like did you like like the jerky boys back in the day and that kind of shit yeah i I still laugh at the jerky it's a lost art form (laughs) yeah It's hard to do now. Yeah. Like, even to record a cell phone, it's like, you know, you need the tape-a-call app. Yeah. It's like, it's not as easy as it used to be. You just used to plug it in and all that. There's a comedian, and I can't fucking think of his name right now. Uh, he did a CD of harassing telemarketers. It's hilarious. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Longmont Potion Castle, too. He's an inspiration. He's he's amazing. He's got, like, <laughs> these vocal effects where he'll, like, I think it's a reel-to-reel tape. Yeah think I'm, I'm not positive but he'll like record himself saying stuff and then it'll like play it but like slow it down halfway through so it'll be okay. like, <laughs> <laughs> like people just like trip on it it's funny he's awesome yeah i love all that kind of shit yeah that's what i grew up doing yeah yeah um and some of those appeared on the compilations yeah yeah we did uh it was all they're all on the buddy head suicide comp because we had two comps come out like the same year, so people get confused. We did like Gimme Skelter, which was with a major label, and it had like Iggy Pop and like Mud Honey and Yeah Yeah Yeahs and the Ikerson and yeah. So that. how did you get all those? Because there was like, was there Weezer B sides on that? Yeah, too? We'd, like- we'd met Rivers at uh, we were running around uh, Reading Festival in uh, UK. Yeah, and we saw him backstage, and we just like were fucking with him, and he liked us, and then reached out like when we got back to LA. Yeah. Came to like an Ickerslein show at the Roxy and like stood in the front row. It was really surreal. Oh wow, just weird. Yeah. And then he like came by my house and he had like a driver like in a Jeep, like this Asian girl, and she waited in the driveway. And uh-huh. He came in and like, like sat on the floor and I just like played him records and he just kind of like studied me. Yeah. And like he brought me a four track and four track still had like a tape in it. Like I felt like he'd left it in on purpose, you know, like it was a, like, Oh, it was like a, a half finished Weezer song. Oh wow. I always felt like it was like a test to see if I'd like leak it. Oh, ah, okay. I so see he was trying to test I don't know, to but see he, what he you gave would me do. a four track for a while. And then he gave me like some shoes cause he figured out we wore the same pair of shoes. That's cool. He sounds like a nice guy. He was super sweet. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then when I did the comp, I asked him and dude, he was one of the first people to turn it in. It was crazy. Him and Primal Scream were like first. Oh, like, wow. I asked them being like, oh, they're going to say no. Yeah. And they were like, boom. Like, and it was like, oh, this is easy. 
Was it, are cool. was it the song <laughs> that was on the tape that appeared on the compilation or was it a different song? No, it was a different, cause I asked him for a, a Pinkerton B side. Gotcha. That was always the one that I liked. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the, the prank calls on that compilation or the other, there was two comp, two yeah, major the, compilations. The label sampler is the one that had all the, the prank calls on it. Yeah. And the, they're from uh, an entity named Torture Device. Yeah, yeah, just a friend of ours. He, I can't say who he you is. Can't say. I'm still trying After to, all these years. Well, I'm still trying to work with the dude, and yeah, he, but he manages like one of the biggest artists in the world. I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like a baller. Okay. He's cool. All right. He's smart. But his identity will never be revealed. I don't know, dude. <laughs> if he wants to. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. So what? What? What do you? I know you have the new zine that you're compiling, but what's... Yeah, uh, I got to work on that some more, though. What's on the horizon, man? Uh, that, we're working on a short film right now that we're going to shoot uh, in mid-August, which is pretty exciting. And we're finishing up this Problemus video this week. And another video for our friend's band, Dream Home, that me and Jacob shot. It's got a lot of, like, drone footage and stuff. Pretty excited about that one. And um, Joe's working on a new record. Um, a sequel to Holy War? Yeah, and it's his new songs are pretty exciting, um, pretty different. It's going to be cool. going to be fun to make videos for. That's so that'll cool. kind of start the whole cycle for us with that again. We'll yeah. make a bunch of videos and hopefully get to play some shows in places that aren't America. You know, just do what we did last year, kind of. Yeah, uh, how, what's that creative process like? Like, who comes to the table with an idea? Someone's like, "Hey, uh, we got Joe stuff." Usually, Joe, he's yeah. he's got a pretty good idea of all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and um, but everyone, we all throw ideas in, you know. Yeah, yeah, but he's kind of got it like worked out, you know. Usually, he knows what he wants to do. And how did you hook up with Jacob? How did Jacob get into? Jacob shot uh, Icarus Line Must Die. Okay, so right. He was one of the cameras yeah. on that, and then we just kind of linked with him, and and now he's kind of like our our son we've adopted him <laughs> he's family and you have some clo uh, clothing line too american preventive does yeah a lot. we've just been doing t-shirts i've been trying to like uh think of different ways to sell my stuff without getting boring and people ask for some started with actually the trent shirt some kids asked for that and i was like really that's the I first never, one you did? i never would have made that yeah know? yeah but they asked for it so i was like dude i'll make anything you guys want to buy sure yeah yeah and uh kind of started with that and then i've just been taking requests really and just kind of like it's just been kind of fun it's cool it's cool seeing them out in the wild you know it's like oh damn yeah did uh, i i have two of them oh do you yeah oh i gotta see them i have the the white one with the skull nice and uh a blue sweatshirt sick yeah they're really cool i like Thanks, man. nice quality material yeah they're not bad huh yeah <laughs> yeah it's been fun and um so sca you skateboard all summer man Skateboard I do. Around. I try to skateboard every day. Kind yeah. of keeps me in shape. It's my main form of transportation. Yeah. I, mean, I take Ubers and Subway, but they don't let me drive currently. <laughs> yeah. I got a seatbelt ticket I got to take care of. And you, you've you been skateboarding since a uh, teenager. Yeah, like preteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like my whole life. Yeah. It's always been like the thing that like connected me to everything. Like that's why I got into like filming and photography and punk rock and rap music and all that shit. You know, it was like yeah. whatever the the early late eighties, early nineties skateboard videos always had like, you know, everything from like, you know, Gangstar, Public Enemy to like Led Zeppelin, Black Flag. It was like this hybrid you know, like a mixtape, you know? So that was like, you know, 
before the internet being like a you know 12 year old in idaho that was like how you found out about shit you know it's cool too when you're on a skateboard or a bike or something you notice shit that you otherwise wouldn't notice in a car you know you get to really kind of slow down and appreciate things for sure yeah i I feel like i see like different parts of the city just because of that you know yeah Uh, i like to skate with my camera kind of pops things off when when i see cool things that's cool do you do like tricks and like um yeah i mean sometimes i just cruise but yeah Yeah, i do go to the skate park and and do tricks but i try and i try and just not like uh not break anything yeah so i I keep it mellow most times but yeah i've still been learning tricks i just learned tail slides for the first time i could never really get them and age 42 i learned them which is kind of cool that's a workout man yeah that's yeah good way to stay in shape for sure yeah, I got a I got a couple like swellbows though here. Oh yeah. damn, that doesn't it keeps me in check though. Feels like it didn't feel good. No, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I come home like bruised up. My girlfriend's just like, "What is wrong with you?" Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I've never broke anything. I try hey. to I try to keep it chill, but every once in a while, I get checked by it. Yeah, like not breaking anything. That's a that's a win. Yeah, <laughs> I have a skateboard. Uh, I face planted oh, on it several times and then learned my lesson. I think the most use that skateboard's got is when we brought this elliptical inside. <laughs> I used it as a dolly because it was like a million that. pounds. <laughs> they were good for that. But all right, man, this was a blast. Um, was there anything you wanted to talk about or say or anything before we wrap it up? Um, no, man. I'm, yeah, I'm good. we covered um, everything. Is there anything you wanted to? I would AmericanPrimitive.org. Uh, yeah, AmericanPrimitive.org. Follow me on Instagram. I don't know. Check out our videos. We got all the videos on the website. And uh, I don't know, dude. Have a good summer. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me.